Welcome to the Self-Awareness Journey Podcast. I'm Melissa Albers. And I'm JJ Parker. This podcast is for seekers, seekers of happiness and joy, seekers of a centered approach to success in life, seekers of their true, authentic selves. Get ready for some real talk on everything from anxiety, emotions, and habits, to love, compassion, and forgiveness. We know you'll be challenged and enlightened by this conversation. We're so glad you're here. Let's dive in. JJ, hello, good morning. Good morning. Today, I am very pleased to introduce to you Mary, <laughs> but that's funny because you already know Mary. Hi, Mary. <laughs> hello. Um, Mary Bodvarsen is our special guest today, and I'm really, really looking forward to the conversation. I was going to say I'm excited to talk with you, Mary, but that doesn't really feel like the right <laughs> word to use. <laughs> probably not. So, yeah, probably not. But um, just for everyone's uh, benefit, today, Mary will be here talking with us about grief. And just a little history before we get started, Mary and I have been good friends for decades. <laughs> I just thought I would throw out decades instead of actual years because that would be very depressing in and of itself. How old we're getting. <laughs> exactly. Let's just say that when Mary and I first met each other, we had 80s hair. <laughs> right. We had big hair. Yes, big, big had, hair. We had really big hair. Um, Mary has also participated with JJ and I for a number of years in our previous business, Corology. And um, Mary is an extremely intelligent um, adult learning specialist, PhD, highly accoladed person in many, many regards of her personal life. Um, yet today's topic isn't about any of that. Today's topic is actually about grief. And um, a couple of years ago, Mary lost her son. Um, five weeks after she brought him to college at UCLA as a freshman in a freak accident. And uh, it has thrown Mary into a completely different kind of research life, a different kind of period of her life completely. And um, as Mary listens to our podcast, she reached out to JJ and I and she said, you know, um, I really think that you guys ought to be talking about grief. And I was surprised that you were wanting to do that, Mary, uh, on one hand, and in another way, I wasn't at all. But as you began to talk, it really made sense. And I was, I began to get very, um, actually, I, I got really excited about what it could do for other people in this topic. So thank you for being here. Uh, I probably did kind of a botched introduction for you, but you're used to me <laughs> making <laughs> egregious errors. <laughs> um, so let's just talk a little bit why I'm curious as to why you reached out and wanted to talk about grief. Yeah, that's a, well, thanks for that introduction. Yeah. Um, you know, there's, there is one interesting thing that you said in the introduction that you saw me make a note about uh -huh. and, you, and it, it's something that we'll probably talk about at some point during this call, but you said a couple years ago mm -hmm. and technically I guess that's correct um, mm -hmm. because Hans died in 2020 but it's just 15 months. Yeah. And right. for me, that's a huge difference. Um, but that is something that even the transition from 21 to 22, mm -hmm. 2021 to 2022, it comes with um, minefields that mm -hmm. I didn't expect. So mm -hmm. anyway, I'm just going to point okay. that out. Thank um, you. But the reason I wanted to talk about grief and thought your platform was a natural spot for it um, is because you know, grief is really all about the human experience. 
I mean, mm-hmm. it, everybody will experience intense grief at some point in their lives if they haven't already. Yeah. So it, it's just a natural part of being human, yet we don't talk about it. Right. And, you know, you can even right. think about the fact, you know, we're still in the midst of this pandemic and we get the reports of the number of people that die in a particular day. Mm-hmm. And you can just do the math and multiply that by by tens and hundreds to equate to the number of people grieving those yeah. individual losses. Yet we don't mm-hmm. talk about the grief. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, we have a we have a pandemic and we have a grief pandemic right alongside it, but we're mm-hmm. not talking about that. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, I really wanted to talk about it because, you know, while for me and for everybody going through some sort of grief, it it's exceptionally painful, mm-hmm. but, but it's actually the healthy response to loss. Mm. You know, it's kind of like, you know, the analogy would be if somebody's running a fever, that's the healthy response to an infection. Mm, well, yeah. grief, grief is the healthy response to, to loss. Right. Um, right. Yet we try to ignore it. We try to, we try to rush our way through it. We try to, we try to just make it go away. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm learning for myself personally, that's, that's not healthy. Yeah. To do, to do those things. That's such a good perspective. And I'm in complete alignment with that. And I would say that as human beings, it seems that we lump anything that has negative connotation Mm -hmm. or negative emotion. We try to shove it out of the way too, because who wants to deal with that? You know, that's not pretty. That's not easy. That doesn't feel good. Right. So there is just a natural, and I, and I think as a society, we haven't been educated about how to manage or experience or feel right. grief at all, particularly when it's around loss of, because of death. Right. Yeah. And I, I wholeheartedly agree with that. And I would, I would add to it that, yes, we, we don't know how to navigate grief as the griever, Mm-hmm. Nor do we know how to navigate grief as the supporter of somebody going through yeah. a tragic loss. Yes. And so yep. Yep. yeah. So one of my one of my reasons for wanting to to um, talk today is that I you know is that to kind of open people's minds to just additional ways they could um, support someone, but also you know additional ways they themselves might um, find ways uh, to comfort themselves or something like that. Right. Um, uh, yeah, I love that. And, and it kind of leads me to a question and that, that's one piece, but what do you hope can happen as a result of today's conversation in, in alignment with that? So not only hoping to show a, someone grieving um, ways in which to do that, mm-hmm. um, what are some of the other things that you're hoping? Um, <laughs> you know, thinking about the person who's experiencing a, a significant loss, um, I the griever, I'll call mm-hmm. that person the griever. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope that if somebody's listening to this who is a griever, that they realize they're not crazy. Mm-hmm. Because holy cow, in an intense grief experience, there are times where you think I have lost my mind. I, yeah. I, I, I will not recover from this. I am, I am certifiably crazy. 
Um, so just to um, help people who are grieving understand um, some of the the natural twists and turns that come in a mm. grief experience. Yeah. Um, and then at the same time to um, help the the supporters, those people who really want to help someone, um, actually even provide, you know, tactical ideas. I mean, you know, mm. concrete things they could do, but also ways that they could be that yeah. make a difference. I, I think that's a really good, I'm, I'm really looking forward to that part of our conversation because even in our experience, me and you knowing each other for as many years as you have, there are so many moments where I feel completely speechless, you know, and I know that mm -hmm. so many share that where it's like, I so desperately want to say the right thing. I so desperately want to be of support. And then there's like this little fear that pops up. Oh my gosh, what if I say the wrong thing? What if it's terribly wrong? And, um, and so, yeah, I think, I think that's a, that's a really, really uh, poignant part of our discussion. Yeah, there is, <clears throat> excuse me, there is one more thing um, that comes to mind relative to just um, what I hope people might um, understand as a result of this podcast. And that is that um, the grief experience, and again, this goes for both the griever and the supporters, but the grief experience is not this linear path. You know, so many people think that, okay, the, the tragic event happens and over time one gets better and and the grief just gets right gets gets better and it just happens yeah. in this straightforward path logical straight yeah. logic yeah yeah and i was thinking about this yesterday um and well actually i've been thinking about this for a while i received a a, a cartoon or something at some point during this journey where um, the, the visual was like a ball of yarn and it was, it was, that was illustrating the real grief journey. And so Melissa, I'm going to make you howl out loud. I'll warn you of this, but imagine if there was a ball of yarn on my kitchen floor and Cinder, my cat got a hold of it. And so that ball of yarn just gets ripped, pulled apart. There's pieces that are just, you know, flopping mm, down yeah. and all that. Yeah, that's that's what the actual grief journey is. You know, yeah. in, in you're moving hopefully in a good direction, but holy cow, there are times yeah. where you are just sucked right back into yeah. the moment you learned, and there are things that that make it you know set you back. So it yeah. is not this just straightforward path. And I think you know, I when when Hans died, you know, I went. I saw a therapist right away and I remember I would go and meet with her and I would come home annoyed because I wanted her to tell me exactly what I needed to do mm. to feel better. Mm. And, I, and I wanted her to just say, do this, do this, do this, mm -hmm. and you will progress on this path. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> and, right. and, and it, it just doesn't work that way. And, and, yeah. um, you yeah. know, in, in our society, we, we've heard of the stages of grief. You know, um, Elizabeth Kubler-Ross came up with these back in the late 60s. And what people need to understand is the research she did to come up with the denial and the anger and whatever the five are ultimately mm -hmm. ending in acceptance. That was a completely different um, 
subject pool that she was she was researching. She was researching people who had been diagnosed with a terminal illness and mm. how do they come to grips with oh, that. Oh, I never knew that. That's yeah. fascinating. Yeah. Huh. And, so, and so you can't translate that to somebody losing a spouse right. or somebody losing a child or, or a couple right. suffering a miscarriage. It, it's yeah. it's yeah. just not, you can't do that. Um, Before we get too far down that path of, of like that part, let's, let's just for one minute, I want to ask one question first, um, because you talked about really wanting a linear line and that, that, that is a logical thing that makes complete sense to me when you think about it like that. Um, But you said, you know, you get sidelined by all sorts of things, right? Because it isn't logical and it isn't a straight line. So can you talk just a little bit about the effects of grief in all of the different bodies, like in your physical body, your emotional body, your mental body, like how does grief manifest um, ongoing or even as a surprise attack? Like, can you talk mm-hmm. a little bit about that part? Sure, sure. Um, you know, uh, physically, I can report that there is such a thing as a broken heart mm. because when Hans first died, I, and you can hear it in my voice, you know, my voice has changed. Mm -hmm. Um, So there's another physical manifestation. Mm -hmm. At times my voice isn't as strong because I'm Mm -hmm. not physically feeling as strong. Right, 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 Um, right, right. But when he first died, probably for at least the first three months, if not longer, because it was well into the new year. um, And he died on October 24th. um, I truly felt like my heart was broken. I mean, I literally felt a physical kind of stabbing pain in my heart. Mm. And then there were times where I felt like somebody had put a brick on me and was pushing down on it. Um, and and bear in mind, this was in the, the height of the first round of COVID, meaning this was yeah. in the winter of 2020, 2021. So I would, I would think, oh my God, I've got COVID now. And, mm. and, and, you know, we weren't going anywhere. We weren't, you know, it, 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 it just, it, it wasn't COVID. It was mm-hmm. a broken heart. Yeah. Um, so I can, I can absolutely attest to the fact that that, that is a legitimate physical response to intense um, loss. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so it, but th- I think the big thing about grief um, relative to all three components you asked about yeah. is grief is utterly exhausting i mean if there could be a word that really describes exhaust to the nth degree that's the word that should be used it is Mm -hmm. it is so exhausting um you know you just you have such you know mentally um like we we all have heard of chemo brain or chemo fog i would argue there's a very similar thing Mm -hmm. that should be called grief brain or grief fog Hmm. Um, it's in, in insanely hard to concentrate, um, you know, and if you can't concentrate, you can't pay attention, you can't, you know, retain memories. Yeah. So it's mm-hmm. really hard to remember things. I mean, I think back to last winter and, you know, it, it's almost like I'm, I'm looking back at a video that's kind of blurred. I, I can't quite remember. I remember distinct things like sure. what yeah. we did on Christmas day, but but the whole day is a bit of a blur. Mm. Um, you know, it's, it's so mentally it's, it's, it's very hard. Um, 
you know, and, and speaking about our brains, our minds, um, our, our, our thought processes can be both kind and cruel. Yeah, I was going to say, I bet you there's a bunch of sneak attacks, too, when it comes to yes. grief ongoing. Yes. And that's yeah. how I feel they should be called as sneak attacks, because I, when I lost my grandmother, who raised me like my mm -hmm. mother, um, that's what happened with me. I had like these moments where I would start to feel slightly better over several months. Mm -hmm. And there was a whole bunch of emotions with that, too. But I remember these sneak attacks where I would drive by something and see something or I would have a memory that would shake me to my yep. core and it was just, it brought everything so immediately back to the present that it felt like a sneak attack. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think, um, I think people who lose somebody through some sort of a tragic event, a, a car accident, you know, Hans's accident, um, you know, somebody who, who um, is in the joys of giving birth and something mm -hmm. goes horribly wrong, you know, right, those sorts right. of just tragic mm -hmm. types of losses what what I have found happening for me um, is I will relive the accident. And, mm -hmm. and I wasn't there. Hans mm -hmm. fell off of the roof of his apartment building, um, fell basically six stories. Um, so I wasn't there. Um, I, I know the circumstances to how that came about. Mm -hmm. um, and one thing that both my husband and I experienced um, from the get-go um, was constant replaying of that in our minds where it was just constant and you couldn't shut it off oh. and and you know and in particular at night when you wake up at night you know I used to teach a class on the psychology of sleep I know exactly what happens at night when you wake up in the middle of the night your prefrontal cortex is offline the amygdala the emotional center of your brain is firing on all cylinders so people who go through something like this, it is completely normal that when you wake up in the middle of the night, you go right back to that most mm -hmm. horrible incident and you replay yeah. it because your yep. brain is still trying to make sense of it and yeah. it's in the emotional center. Mm -hmm. So that's the that's the that's the um the 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 mean side of the brain. Mm -hmm. The you know, the other side of the brain that helped me in the first first two, three months and, and still helps me today is I don't look to future events. Um, I don't even look at to them. I don't think about them. I don't let my mind go there. And so mm -hmm. I'll give you an example. And um, Gunnar, um, our other son, our older son, he and I were sitting in the basement last December. And I said to him, you know, I just really, you know, when you lose one son, you become super paranoid about the health and yep. the, the, you know, the other one. So I was sitting with Gunnar and I was just trying to talk with him about how he was doing. And he said, you know, mom, I've heard you tell people what, what you're doing to get through, you know, each minute or each hour or each day. And he said, I, I do the same thing. And that is, you know, I don't think about Gunnar's wedding because mm -hmm. Hans won't be there to be mm -hmm. his best man. I don't so all the significant about, events. Right. You know, I don't right, right, think right. about, you know, June of, 2020, uh, oh, uh, six, four, whatever, whatever, four, mm -hmm. the year that Hans would have graduated from UCLA. You know, I don't think about those significant events because if I did, I would swirl into yeah. A, yeah. A, a bad moment. So, yeah. so the brain is, 
the brain is is good and bad. Um, emotions, as you guys know so well, are so much a driver of what we do and and how we experience things. Um, my big thing with emotions relative to this, and Melissa, you'll probably laugh at this, but as you know, I'm hmm. pretty stoic. I'm mm-hmm. you know yeah, so you don't. Yes, and you don't generally see my emotions on the outside, at least the mm-hmm. sad ones. Um, you do now. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other thing that's really, really fascinating for me, and, and I am cerebral, so I, I'm constantly trying to figure it out, is I still get asked a lot, how are you? Mm-hmm. And that's one of the questions that drives me crazy, because I don't know. I, yeah. I literally, I literally sit there and I think, Okay, on the outside, I know everybody thinks, wow, Mary's strong. Mary's, yeah. like, it's Look amazing. how great she is. Yeah. yeah. Look how she can sit here and have a conversation about this yeah. and everything. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I can do those things. But how am I really? How am I on the inside? Yeah. Do I still have nights where I can't sleep at all and I just cry? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I sure do. Sure, right. So course, it's like, I, I don't know how I am. Hmm. This brings so, me to a, a question. I would like us to sit on for just a moment. You know, um, I think that well-meaning human beings oftentimes <laughs> do and say completely the wrong things. Um, and I know you and I have talked over the months that there have been some more challenging responses to your <laughs> loss. And I wonder if you could just <laughs> if you can, you're laughing already. Without saying names. Without <laughs> My entire family. Um, <laughs> just kidding. Um, yeah, but what are some of the more challenging responses that you've heard in people well-meaning and trying to be supportive? Yeah, you know, and I will actually start this response with an, an absolute um, true statement of, I feel so, so lucky. I I am one of the luckiest people I know because I have had so many people do the right thing. And I know Mm -hmm. we will come to that as well. Mm -hmm. Um, But um, I had a really unlucky thing happen. I had a really sucky, horrible thing happen. But but I'm a very lucky individual. Um, And so with that said, I have some, you know, I have some things I can share. of things that, that people have done, extremely well-meaning, so right. well-intentioned, so want to help, but it's not helpful. Um, and and some things I might share actually didn't happen to me. I just read about them or heard about them on podcasts because, of course, I've dug into the literature on this. Um, <laughs> but, but the big thing that people have done for me, for us, um, that, that they're <laughs> – I know our, your listeners are going to be like, well, then what the heck are we supposed to do? But, <laughs> well, that's okay. We'll get to that next. <laughs> right. Just give us some examples of maybe these are well-meaning, yeah. but probably don't do these things. <laughs> yeah. Don't ever, ever, ever write in a card, say in a phone call, text, whatever, the, the statement, let me know what I can do. Mm-hmm. Don't ever do that again Mm. to somebody who has truly had a significant loss. And here's why that person who is in the throes of that significant loss barely has the bandwidth to get out of bed. 
mm-hmm. barely has the bandwidth to stand upright. Mm-hmm. And now you're putting the responsibility on them to right. tell you what to do. Yeah. And they, yeah. you will never hear back from them. They will never respond to that text with, yep, we're out of toilet paper. Right. They, you know, right. It, it, it just won't happen. And as you know, if you're the first one who says that, then they're like, oh, that was so kind. When you're the 800th and 92nd person who says that, it pisses them off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. And you don't know where you are in that range. So just mm-hmm. don't say it because it puts the onerous on them. And really, the person who's grieving has no idea. Yeah, what and to no tell extra you to bandwidth do. whatsoever to even consider. No, no. Mm. Um, and then the other thing, and Melissa, you and I have talked about this as well. Um, it, it's, it's natural for us as humans to want to connect with one another. And so mm-hmm. when somebody suffers a loss, the natural response of people is to say something about a loss that they had happened to them. Right. Um, to build that connection. Right. Try not to do that or acknowledge that it's different. Um, right. So don't compare, you know, your this person's loss to, you know, the loss of of something that you experienced 10, 20 years ago, unless it happens to be a very similar loss. Like I have friends who have lost a child and those people reaching out is wholly different. Mm-hmm. But somebody reaching out to say, you know, how sad they were because they lost their cat. That's, right. that's not the same. That's right. not on the same level, even though to them, it, it probably was that 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 animal may have been a significant part of their lives. Right. right, right. It's not going to land that way yeah. on the part of the griever. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so comparing like that comparison piece is so important. And and, uh, it's so funny. I was just talking to JJ yesterday. I ran into Lunds and one of my really good high school friends uh, is runs a big part of Lunds. And she was there and I was so happy to see her. I hadn't seen her for months and months. And um, and she, too, lost a son. And Mm -hmm. now she is on year seven. And um, I always just say, and and what's new with you? And, you know, Mm -hmm. her her what's going on with you? And she had found a new um, grief group in Monticello. Oh, and she I and know so, the one. And yeah. And she said, she said, what's so interesting is I, I couldn't find a grief group mm-hmm. because the last one I was in, um, she said there were some people in there who had lost a child and there were people in there who had lost their pets. So she used the exact same analogy. And she just mm-hmm. said, I sat there and I just couldn't feel a connection. And mm-hmm. part of me felt a little guilty about that. And part of me was kind of mad. Um, Mm -hmm. and so she said that she was feeling so much better because she had found a particular group that was specific to parents losing children. Right. And so she made that exact same analogy that you just did right now, which is a synchronistic thing. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that group is, um, international. So interesting. Yeah. For for listeners who care, it's compassionatefriends.org. Oh, okay. Thank you for that. Um, one of the other things that you had talked about that I think is significant and we should bring it up is uh, a problem to solve. You know, one of the yeah. things that you had c- commented on is that people treated this yeah. in a way that was very quite, you know, very specific. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, again, 
I was on the other side of this equation, you know, up until October 24th of 2020. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we oftentimes look at grief as something that needs to be fixed. And so again, going back to my first meetings Mm -hmm. with the therapist, I wanted her to tell me how to fix it. Um, And it's, it's not something that we can fix. And so, you know, people want to help, but oftentimes they want to figure out a way to solve that Mm. problem of grief. Um, And, Mm. you know, and interestingly enough, um, I, uh, it was almost 11 months into my journey of having lost Hans. And I was um, meeting with my oldest brother and his wife for the first time because of COVID and yada, yada, yada. And my sister-in-law, we were walking to a restaurant and my sister-in-law started crying and she, she looked at me and she said, I am so, so sorry for what you're going through. And I know I can't fix it. Mm-hmm. And that to me was a light bulb moment that, you know, all the mm-hmm. reading I've done, all the, all the conversations I've had, I, I realized, you know, I was like, that's, that's it. That, and, and I told her then, and I told her later, that was the first right response I'd gotten. Well, it wasn't the first right. That's not fair. Right. But a really um, significant one that stuck with But it you. was a significant, yeah, it was a significant one that stuck out, stood out because um, it's just, it, it, it's the reality of the situation. Like another, another like harder response that I didn't get as much. I got it in kind of um, um, subtle tones, but I know of people who, you know, get, the types of platitudes like, well, he's in a better place. Mm. It was God's will. Mm. Um, You know, you've still got Gunnar um, or, you know, for people who lose a baby or, or a miscarriage, you know, you can have another child. Um, You know, those do not help. Uh, They feel so dismissive. It feels so dismissive. Yeah. Not intentionally, I'm sure, but. Right. Right. It's just, and again, it's, you know, the biggest thing about being empathetic and supportive is to, um, it's not, um, it's not to put yourself in this other person's shoes, but it's to, it's to listen to the experience from that other person. So, so take clues from mm-hmm. the person grieving and know that that is their legitimate experience. So don't try yeah. to rewrite their experience to say, well, you know, God needed a, another angel. So he snatched Hans up um, right. because that's right. not that, that, that just, you're right. That's, that's a, dis, it, it feels dismissive on the it part feels of the, dismissive precisely. Yes. I don't think people are trying in any way, shape or form right. to be that, but it sure right. can feel that way. Well, let's, you know, since you're talking about this, let's talk about what are some really helpful responses? Like, you know, I, I always, uh, JJ and I always like to try to offer some suggestion for people because this is something, and honestly, more and more people are going to be in this space because of COVID, people that we know and love more right. and more. And as we age too, it's more and more. There's right. so many, there's so much of that. So what are some helpful responses that people could learn to have to someone that's um, grieving? Yeah, I think, I think, um, probably the umbrella statement I would make for everything I might suggest mm-hmm. is just show up, mm-hmm. just, just be there. 
Um, and again, I'll, 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 I can talk from personal experience, right, you know, right, right. when, when we lost Hans, you know, yes, it was in the middle of COVID. COVID was at a peak. Um, so nobody could come over and, um, and be with us. Mm. Um, and, um, and actually I'm going to backtrack a bit and talk it, it, something else I know I wanted to share about being a griever and, yeah. and helping yep. grieving people not feel crazy. Um, Experiencing a, a significant loss like this is without question the most isolating experience of my life. I, I have never in my life felt so alone, so kind of lost, so, um, yeah, it's just, it's isolating. Yeah. And so you, you and, and for people who might lose somebody, you know, in a non-COVID environment, yeah, then you have a house full of people. Doesn't matter. No, that person who's isolated. in that grief, yep, they yeah. feel so isolated and yeah. so alone. And even when you have a partner, I mean, I have a loving husband who's on this journey with me. Um, you know, it's still isolating. He feels isolated. I feel isolated. And it's not like we're not supporting each other. We right, are. Of course, of course. But it's still such an isolating experience. So with that said show up. I, I totally get it. Because again, I was on the other side of this equation. You don't know what to say, you worry about saying the wrong thing. So you don't say anything. Hmm. I mean, I, it, you know, we all know what ghosting means. I have been hmm. ghosted by a lot of people, and still hmm. haven't heard anything. And, and hmm. I, I understand, I understand that they're paralyzed with not knowing what to do. And now they're paralyzed with, it's been 15 months. Oh my God, is it going to look stupid if I all of a sudden show up now? Sure, sure. Um, and that's fine. I'm, I, I'm that, that is what it is. On the other side of the equation, I have people who have shown up for me, for us, that I, you know, they were, they were friends of you know, friends through sports, meaning, you know, Hans played sports with their son or something like that. And they have been there with consistent, you know, just a text thinking of you, a text sure. with a picture of a cardinal on their bird feeder and mm -hmm. saying Hans visited us this morning, um, you know, and, and it's those sorts of things. So show up. And I should help. also say right here, car a cardinal represents Hans for you. Yeah. The, the and bird. an eagle. Yes. We see eagles on our walks along the Mississippi mm -hmm. River quite a bit. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, but so so but to show up, especially if you're going to physically show up, you have to be willing and able to sit in intense pain. Mm -hmm. You just have to be able to do that. And so whatever you can do to bolster your ability to sit and witness intense pain you need to be able to do that and again without trying to fix it just sit just be you know, like just be yeah. just be yep i had i had two girlfriends show up the night we started telling people and i remember standing in the kitchen and i was just i was just like frantically doing things i was just i i don't know what i was doing but i was frantically doing things and i remember just looking across at them and they were both just standing there with tears and that's it yeah I will there. never forget that mm -hmm. they showed up. Yep. 
Yeah, I love that. So there's no so so show up. And the other thing that you didn't use this phrase, but I heard it in my head is there's no expiration date in being with someone in their pain. So even if people have stayed away from someone because they didn't feel emotionally strong enough to to be in that pain with someone, but they still love that person, they still want to be there for that person as soon as they are able to to show up for that person. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and, and you can state the obvious. I mean, you can just say, you know, this hurts, yeah. I, you know, it, it, yeah. and, and that, and that, you know, again, part of going through this grief process is because we're not well educated on it mm-hmm. in on either end of the spectrum, you do feel kind of crazy. So somebody sitting with you and just saying, this sucks, this hurts, you know, mm-hmm. and, and crying alongside you helps mm-hmm. to normalize what you experience 24-7. It helps to to witness that, okay, I'm not crazy for not being able to stop crying. You know, I'm yeah. not, you know. So yeah. it helps yeah. to normalize some of those, some of those experiences. And we did have, you know, Hans had Hans had friends all over this country. He yeah. he was an amazing connector. Yeah, he um, and so he had he had true best friends in multiple areas. Mm-hmm. Um, many best friends here in St. Cloud. And but the two of them, he had done a senior road trip um, the summer before before they all went off to college. And their parents um, were like, "Covid be damned, we are coming over." And so they would come over and just sit on the couch and you know the four of us if it was just Ern and me and and one of one one of the sets mm-hmm. of parents we would just sit there and and talk mm-hmm. and you know laugh about something goofy that happened and then right. you know a half second later all four of us be crying yeah and and yeah. that's that that's that be there a person yeah. who's really grieving needs yeah and and you know and it was funny because like like you know, one of the one of the moms, Andy, would always apologize, and I was like, "Don't apologize," because it 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 helps somebody who's grieving a loss to know that other people are grieving that same loss. Right, right. Which brings me to another point. You and I have talked about a few times over the last several months, and that is um, still talking about the person. Oh my gosh! Yeah, you know, because and that's yeah, yes. That that is a helpful response. So you're right in the same kind of bucket of what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, don't <laughs> do not think that if you bring up that person's name, you're going to all of a sudden go, have them say, "Oh my God, I forgot I lost that person, and now you're reminding <laughs> me of it." Oh, how mean is that? Okay, as for the <laughs> listeners, this is a side note. This is a perfect Mary moment right here. Let's talk about something really, really hard and throw in a good joke. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Because because it is it's it's you know I do not go through I I probably don't go through twenty minutes where it doesn't pop into my mind. Sure, of course. I'm sure it's even less than that. Um, So you will not remind. And again, like you said earlier, Melissa, there's no end time for this. Mm -hmm. You know, I have a friend who lost her son. I think it's thirty years ago now. Um, It you know we could talk about him with her and, and it's not that she's all of a sudden going to be like, Oh, darn it. You know, that's right. I forgot about that. Right. Right. So, so do talk about the person because here's what happens when you don't, if you don't bring their person up, Mm -hmm. you are making that loss feel worse 
again and again and again. So not talking about it. Fern, my husband refers to it as the elephant in the room. Wow. It, there is this huge elephant in the room and it is that that person we lost when that person can't be talked about or mm -hmm. a part of a conversation. Um, and, and, and you guys know, because JJ, you would have heard so many stories too when we were working together at Chorology. I mean, Hans was my Hans was my favorite. <laughs> he was my source for every funny story I had. <laughs> I, I mean, <laughs> thankfully, Gunnar's Gunnar's pretty good at it too. Well, Aaron's really good at it. Let's be honest. <laughs> but um, but you know, I love talking about Hans. I I I love talking about Hans. I love telling Hans stories. Yeah. I, you know, and and I will always love talking about Hans. Um, yeah. So. He was your Wins Jimmy Dean. He was your Jimmy Dean. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> yes. James Dean, for those of you who are thinking sausages. <laughs> <laughs> James Dean. Sorry. James, James Dean. Dean. He, yes. Um, but yeah. So, yeah, exactly. Um, so, so, so really helpful response. Talk about the person who died. Um, you know, a loss like this is always present. So you're not bringing something to, to light that the person magically forgot about. Um, but so for some tangible things, because mm -hmm. I know, I know one of your hopes was that, you know, the listeners could, could come up with some ideas or hear some ideas. Um, actually, I'm going to preface this with a, a message to the griever. Um, one thing that was hard for me was to accept offers of support that were the more tangible types mm. because I would say, Oh, we don't need that. We don't need that. Um, and then as it turned out, they were absolute godsends, which mm. I refer to as hunt sends. Mm. Um, and so set up a meal train and, and, you know, do ask for permission, obviously. Right. But, you know, just say, you know, you, you may not think this right now, but having a meal show up every third night, might be something you like. And if you don't, we'll stop it. You know, anything yeah. can get stopped. But so do things like that. Send frequent texts. Um, um, do, you know, send a note with a favorite memory. Um, listen, learn how to be a good listener. Just listen and, and allow the person to talk and grieve and cry and don't try to stop their tears. Tears are normal. Um, explain you know, if you had a relationship with that individual who passed away, explain what they meant to you. What, what mm -hmm. did, you know, we got, we got, and again, this is where we were so lucky. We got texts from young men. We got letters dropped in our mailbox um, from friends of Hans's who told us what he meant to them. Mm -hmm. And I will, I, I pull those out every once in a while. And yeah, they make me cry because yeah, He's right, not there to be that person for them. Um, but, oh, they are so, they are, they are so priceless. incredible. Yep. Yeah. Um, I've had people, <laughs> my friends up here know I'm an Aldi freak. I've had people text <laughs> me from Aldi and say, I'm at Aldi. What do you need? Hmm. And I've learned to say, yep, half and half bagels, eggs, you know, and, and right. so again, accept, on the grief, yep. On the griever side, accept. Um, you know, and, and one thing in those, those days of really intense, immediate grief is, um, and I didn't, I didn't have anybody necessarily do this for me again, probably because we were in COVID more than anything. Um, but, but 
just just show up and like like I've heard of, of people having done this where like like show up, be sitting in your car outside their house and just say, I'll be outside your house for two hours. If you need a hug, oh. if you need a shoulder to cry on, just come on out, wow. I'm, you know, and just sit there, just hmm. be there. Um, so make those those effort those, it's effort. Yep. And make those experiences where you are showing up. Yeah. Easy for them. So, you know, if somebody's at the hospital and, and again, this isn't a non-COVID world, but, you know, yeah. just, just show up in the lobby and send yeah. them a text and say, I'm in the lobby. You know, they're there because their, their parent is on hospice. I'm, I'm in the lobby. Come down if you need a hug. Mm -hmm. Don't, if you don't, I'll be right. here for two hours and right. you know, bring a book and read. So, so, you know, those, those are really, really great ideas. Wow. Yeah. And um, it, it's just. It, it's the not showing up that is um, really painful. So just just do what you are capable of doing mm -hmm. um, and do it. Yeah. Don't, and even don't. if even if you may not feel totally equipped to do a good job with it, just do it anyway. I mean, yeah. 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 I mean, we all have, we all have an ability to do something. Right. Um, exactly. Right. Yeah. You know, I remember, you know, as we're, as we're recording this, I'm sitting in my office and I have two windows that face the front. And I remember I was sitting here working. Um, and all of a sudden I saw a car stop out front, which hadn't been unusual um, during those first couple, three months after Hans died. And um, somebody comes running up the steps and then runs back down to the car. And it was, it was winter. So I had, you know, we're in Minnesota. I had no right. idea who this person was because right. um, they were so bundled up. And so I finished what I was doing and I went to the door and, and there was just a bag with two bottles of red wine and a note saying, I knew you liked red wine. Hmm. And that was it. I, yeah. And you know, it's, it's those sorts of things um, yeah. that yeah. are meaningful. I have, and this, again, these, these stories just illustrate um, you know, my particular situation, but I, I did the Peace Corps and I had a Peace Corps friend send me a card where she said, you know, in this country, in Western society, we don't know how to grieve right. and support yeah. grievers properly. And so she said, I remember in my village when a mother lost a child and all the mothers from the village gathered around her and they wailed all night long. Oh. They just wailed and they just were in a circle doing this. So what happened Oh, I don't know. It doesn't matter. What happened after that? All of a sudden, there was a day where I got like four cards, and they were all the exact same card. And then mm -hmm. the next day, I got like two or three more. And they were a card that a bunch of Peace Corps friends of mine had all bought at Trader Joe's. So it was all the exact same card. And it was these hands all coming around a oh. circle. And they all wrote a message of, of support. And, and they said, we're, we're surrounding you in your grief. Wow. You know, it's things like that. I, right. I had a, another, I had another, again, some Peace Corps friends. They knew I love burning candles and Hans had, had taken on that habit. He loved burning candles. So they set up a candle train. And every two to three weeks, I got another candle. And most of them are handmade. I mean, that's peaceful wow. volunteers for you. I mean, like, like wow. I could make a candle. Actually, I have one sitting here. <laughs> you guys can see it. One of my friends made this one. See the holes? Get out. Yeah. So wow. Okay. So everybody, it, it looks like a rain. It looks like a rain stick. 
Yeah. Well, the funny thing about it is, well, he's actually, he's got a PhD in meteorology, but (laughs) in in the note that came with us, he said, I wouldn't recommend burning it inside. I have no idea how it's going to (laughs) burn. That would be the reason why the wick is still white. Thank God for that. Right. Right. But... (laughs) Yeah, so. Oh, well, I think this has been such a um, wonderful conversation. And I just marvel at your uh, ability to translate your feelings into words and helpful, um, specific words that are really able to paint a picture of uh, how it feels to grieve. And mm-hmm. and further to illustrate ways that we can help those that we love that are in a grief time, you know, mm-hmm. period of grief. Um, I would just ask, is there anything else that I didn't ask you about, Mary, or we didn't get to talk about that you would like us to touch on before we end today's podcast? Um, well, you know me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you said something, you know, your experience of running into your friend in lungs. Yeah. You know, and it's been seven years. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I would um, love as a takeaway for people. And again, you know, the caveat is, you know, I'm going to talk about me personally, but but people who have lost a significant, um, a significant person in their lives. Mm-hmm. Um, the grief will never end. Yes, um, true. You, you never stop grieving. There's no time frame, you know, it's mm-hmm. like, oh, it's been a year. She should be doing better. She should be good. Mm-hmm. Um, and so understand that for some people, uh, there are like, I'm finding year two to be harder, probably because in year one, I was in such a fog mm-hmm. and, you know, you worry so much when you are coming up to a milestone. Coming up to Hans's birthday on April 14th last year, you know, brought about, again, that mind, body, emotion connection, Mm -hmm. a lot of anxiety, a lot of fear, a lot of trepidation. Um, And then Ern and I navigated that well, really in a great way to honor Hans. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, as as you move into the second year, and I am anticipating because I've talked to people, you know, years out, third year, fourth year, fifth year. we're still grieving, but the but the reach outs, the questions are yeah. begin to diminish. Very diminished, extremely diminished. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it it and again, it, it, it this whole process is such a you know it's such a dichotomy because you know it's, on the one hand it's like you know it's still ask me how I'm doing, and then on the other hand I'm like don't ask me how I'm doing. I have no idea how I'm doing. <laughs> So, so I'm sure I'm sure people that know me who may be listening to this are like, okay, so seriously, what are we supposed to do? Um, but be willing to talk about it. Like I, yeah, I was on a yeah. walk with my walking partner yesterday and, you know, she was just acknowledging, I was telling her that we were going to record this podcast this morning. And she was like, uh, she said, you know, I, I still think of you. I think of Hans all the time yeah well telling me that is extremely helpful because again there's always this feeling of isolation and loneliness that comes along with a significant loss and so if you can tell someone how you're still sharing in their journey Mm -hmm. even though the journey is further out you're still a a willing and able participant yeah that is a huge thing yeah um 
So that, that's, uh, that's probably one thing. And, and, um, Mm. you know, if I were to think of anything else, I think, um, you know, there's, when you do have a significant loss, there, there is such a thing that I would call secondary loss. And it is the loss of those relationships that, you know, for whatever reason, um, that people couldn't show up. And I don't have the ability to try to fix that. I just, I still don't have the bandwidth. Um, right. Yeah. You know, there are, there are, um, it, yeah, that's one thing that I, that I think I would like to add is just that understand that people who are grieving, no matter how far out from their grief, will still probably have some limited bandwidth for certain mm. people or certain situations. Mm-hmm. Um, and Ern and I are finding that very true in that, you know, it's, like if if we were if we were to like be in a social situation, we would need to be sure to to drive there so we could leave. Yes. Yep. Be, because I remember we, that too. Yes. Yeah. We it's we exhausting to be it is. with people. Yep. And and along along with that, we don't want people to stop talking about their yeah. like like you know we I have so many friends who have boys that are Hans's age. I don't want them to stop talking about how their young men are doing in college, sure. but it, it hurts. Yes. It hurts because I will never have those stories related to Hans. Right. And so there's, there's a component of it that hurts, but I don't want them to stop. Yeah. I don't, because if I, if I stop hearing those, I lose the connection I have with Hans. Right. Because right, right. my connection with Hans is with those buddies of his. Right. Um, and thankfully, those his really close friends know that his five mm-hmm. UCLA roommates that he knew for five weeks reach mm-hmm. out to us regularly. Yes, I know it is extraordinary. Those yeah. young men and yeah. their families yeah. and their families. Yeah, their families have been amazing. We have a UCLA family that yeah. we will have for the rest of our lives. Yes. And I am so thankful for that. I have yeah. so much to be thankful for yeah. in this journey. And I am I am, you know, I, I sit every morning and I just think, what am I thankful for? And I literally have a little journal where I write down, you know, what am I grateful for? Um, more often than not, it's strong coffee and a good night's sleep. Um, <laughs> because those, those are what helped me get through a day. Right. Um, but it's be, here's, here's what I would end with. Be that person that helps that griever to say, I am so thankful. I've got you. Thank you, Mary. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Did you enjoy this episode? Please go to your favorite podcast platform to subscribe, rate, and leave a review so others can discover it as well. Growing self-awareness is a lifelong journey and there's always further to go. And it's better when we're all in it together. Please think of someone you know who could benefit from hearing today's conversation and share this episode with them. We can't thank you enough for listening. Until next time, happy exploring, seekers.